and welcome to Water Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Holly, the editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode, you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen to. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you absolutely can. We would love to hear your answers. So head over to healthwellbeing.com to download the questions today. Right now though, for episode seven, we're about to join author of Walk With Your Wolf, Jonathan Hoban, as he steps out of his front door in the Isle of Wight in February 2022. Right, so let's start. So I'm basically, I live in Ventnor in the Isle of Wight and it's very hilly, so I've just climbed a little hill. I'm now overlooking, um, I'm looking at the ocean. So I'm at... Uh, a higher point on a, one of the, the roads I've just climbed. And I literally, I've got a 360 degree sort of view, well not quite 100, 360. Um, actually, let me start again. Let me start again, start from the beginning, okay. So I live in Venner, um, in the Isle of Wight, and I've just climbed up uh, to one of the higher points um, where I live, and I'm just overlooking the ocean. Um, on my left hand side is absolutely the aspect is incredible and I love it I love being high up and I love the aspect of looking out the ocean because it just gives me instant perspective and I do choose certain places when I walk that give me that sense of perspective because there are some areas other uh, rather than others or better than others that give me that that perspective always so number one uh, what gets you out on a walk um so basically I do, ultimately. Um, I think I love twilight walks um, and I love first thing in the morning. Um, I love all different types of weather to walk in, but ultimately it is me and me alone that gets me out for a walk. I mean, I think, you know, there are too many, it's too easy to make an excuse not to get out on a walk. And I, like other people as well, can have those days where I might feel a bit sluggish I might kind of think oh I don't really want to have a walk today and they're normally my best walks if I do that uh, to be quite honest with you but ultimately I have to be the one uh, whether I feel good whether I feel bad you know walking for me my view on it is it's a, a fundamental life requirement we have to move we have to get out each day we have to have that connection with nature and as I said the one thing I do come across a lot in the work that I do, a lot of work with clients or even you know, people that I, I discuss walking with, the one thing that's always discussed is them kind of saying, well, if it's too windy, if it's too rainy, those different weather conditions are absolutely amazing. They really, really are. I love twilight walks. Um, I always have. There's something about the end of the day, coming out of the end of the day, ultimately. Let the truck go past, there we go. Um, I love the end of the day um, and there's something at twilight because there's the dimming of light we have it creates more oxytocin 
in the brain, which is the bonding drug. But it also is a neurochemical in the brain that decreases cortisol, the stress hormone. And when I come out for a twilight walk, I feel, I literally, I feel that release of oxytocin, you know, literally be produced in the brain. And I can feel the stress really just drift away. Um, and you know, I do love, I love all different kinds of walks. I mean, I believe and really mix it up. I never do the same walk twice. Um, there are just too many places to go, too many places to see, especially where I live. It's all too easy to do the same walk. So yeah, changing environment, mix up, mixing up is so important. I think it's the one thing we've learnt since lockdown, since the pandemic, is being locked in a space where we see the same, we're in the same environment each and every day. Um, I think we've learnt what that does to the brain. Um, it can become very sedentary, gets a bit bored. You know, when we go somewhere new, we have huge releases of dopamine, the feel-good neurochemical that makes us feel really, really good. And that's what we get when we see new environments. I know I do all the time. And I love, I always meet new people, have a discussion about, you know, if I talk to people on, on the street, learn something new about the place where I live. So it's all, all good, all good stuff. Where's my dream walk? Oh, that's a really, really tough question. I don't know until I'm there. I mean, I think different walks have done different things depending on what I'm going through in my life. So, you know, my dream walk, that was familiar for me uh, when I went through a breakdown pretty much when I was 23, was in Wimbledon Common in Wimbledon Park. And that at that time was my dream walk, walk for sure, um, because it was just, I needed that safety, I needed that security, I needed that consistency of the same walk each day. But it was my dream walk because of what I, how it actually affected me, how it helped, how it helped me, you know, how I felt it lower my anxiety, how I felt it gave me, um, you know, like a little bit of brightness in my life where it was feeling quite dark. I think now I'm very lucky because I live on the Isle of Wight that I'm surrounded by the most amazing walks. Um, I'd say actually my dream walk, one thing I do want to do, I really do want to get to Wales. I'd love to get to Scotland. I'd love to go to the Isle of Skye. I think the Isle of Skye, I've seen some pictures um, of, you know, walks that have been done there. And I think for me, there is something so epic about the, the landscapes um, around that area. I think if I was gonna have a dream walk uh, to get out uh, into, into a place where I would consider, uh, let's say a fantasy walk or some of that, I've always dreamt of walking, I think it would have to be there. What does switching off look to me? Okay, switching off. What does switching off look to me? <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to be selfish, to disconnect, because one of the, the questions that I'm reading here uh, kind of says, you know, is it, am I, am I okay? Is it, um, <laughs> how selfish are you? Are you able to be in your life? Oh, I can be really selfish. I've got no problem with being selfish. I say selfish, self-care. For me, self-care is selfishness, but selfish has a really bad 
stigma attached to that word. It's, there's something quite shaming about it. You're selfish or, you know, someone else calls you selfish, you know. And I think for the people that really boundary their time and re really are able to kind of get out or make that time in the day, sometimes that could be frowned upon by other people. And I think if you're someone that is always comparing yourself to others and saying, well, they're, they're not taking the time out, so why should I, especially if you're working, living in a city, I mean, it's essential. You know, you have to be selfish, you have to do. It doesn't matter what other people do, you've got to do what you need to do for you. And it has to be led by you. So I don't have a problem with that because um, I know what it's like to be burnt out. I had burnout on three different occasions. Um, not fun at all and never will be in that position um, again. Um, to disconnect, yeah, I think it's, it, it's a really good question. I think to switching off for me when I walk, it's never done in half hour walks. I have to walk longer than half an hour. It's kind of like when you go on holiday and the first week is sort of coming down off work. Um, the second week is kind of when you really start feeling the rest and relaxation and your body fully coming down off sort of working, etc. So I think when I walk, I look upon walking in exactly the same way. The first 30 minutes of walking for me are essentially just processing initial thoughts. What's happened in my day, um, you know, what's been going on, um, you know, maybe in the last couple of days. And after half an hour, I do just naturally start to switch off. That's the great thing, again, about if we go out walking, you know, there's a thing that we were able to process our our feelings, I am able to process my feelings um, far more effectively um, just because of the nature of walking. That's the, one of the beauties of it. And if you've got what I call emotional backlog, a, a backlog of files that you've not been able to process, like emotions you might kind of push to the side, you know, to process those files, we process them so, so much more effectively. When we switch off, when we disconnect, we we process them a lot more subconsciously. So this for me happens after half an hour, naturally. And I do think about the word disconnect. What do I do, need to do to disconnect? Turning off so, on my phone, 100% is so essential. You know, absolutely essential, you know. Uh, to disconnect from media, social media, to disconnect from, I think just even talking to people. Sometimes, you know, if I'm feeling overstimulated in an auditory sense or a retinal sense, um, I think, you know, it's important you to turn off the screen, you know, turn off the phone and let your senses, let your whole body just, just sort of come down a little bit. Oh, I've got another hill. Oh, it's the one thing about where I live. It is, <laughs> it is one of the most hilly places known to man. And I do this walk every day. I should be getting fitter. Um, if anything's having the opposite effect. <laughs> no, it's, I've, I've not been very well recently, so I'm um, feeling my body's struggling a little bit, but we're getting there. And that's the great thing I love about walking is the low impactness of it. You can do gentle walks, harder walks, and I'm now looking at this beautiful ocean. Once again, nothing but sea going on to France. You can actually get French radio here. It just sort of crops up on your phone. Quite amazing, isn't it? Okay, there we go. Um, who's really nailing their well-being in your life? Okay. Um, 
It's the next question. I've got to say, I've got to say, um, my friend um, who I've done some stuff with um, during lockdown, Judy Bradbury, um, is all inspiring, I think, in terms of how she looks after her well-being, for sure. Um, that's been very inspiring for me. Um, and she does a lot, um, a lot of it um, on her social media um, with great tips and great suggestions. And I've personally taken a lot from that. Um, I do have, I think some of my clients who've started doing walking therapy as well, I can think of a few, I can't name them, but they have been all inspiring in terms of their sort of their zeal for kind of, you know, getting out and sort of, you know, taking it to the next level. So where we sort of started and I was kind of in you know, providing instruction, I'm thinking, oh my God, they're really, <laughs> they're really now setting a whole new level uh, of walking for myself, you know, um, where I actually, I have to look at myself uh, to kind of <laughs> up, the, up my game, as it were. Um, I think for me, if I was to emulate someone, I don't, I'm not very good at emulating other people, to be fair. Um, I, I, trying to be like someone else or, you know, uh, try and copy someone else because I think we just do things in our own, in our own way. Um, but I do see, if I see avid walkers, even your, your avid walker who I pass, I mean, I think here, you know, we've got, you know, I've passed 60 or 70 year old men and women I'm carrying huge heavy bags and they're just, you know, almost like, you know, zipping past me. I'm thinking, wow. You know, so that really inspires me. It's like, I really want to be, when I'm that age, I want to be that fit. Um, and that for me is very, very inspiring indeed. When you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Um, again, what helps me get a calm, what helps me calm down and clear my mind is walking. And I, for the reasons I mentioned before, when you walk, if you do, we talk about forest bathing. A lot of people don't know why forest bathing or walking in a wood or, you know, walking where, you know, trees kind of cover you ever so slightly. Um, why that is so important, you know, because cortisol is the stress hormone. Um, it's very powerful. And it's the one thing that kind of, you know, triggers the parasympathetic nervous system which of course, you know, our body will respond with stress, with anxiety. Um, so when we walk and we're surrounded by, uh, under trees, that it changes the filtration of light. Um, and for me, you know, we just start looking at trees a bit different, the fractal patterns, the patterns like on leaves and X, Y, and Z, you know. Um, you know, you see the light kind of, you know, bounce off, bounce off nature. And it takes you to another place very, very instantly but it produces oxytocin. That dimming of the light produces oxytocin and oxytocin is the antidote for cortisol, the stress hormone. So if you think about wanting to lower anxiety or lowering stress, I think about what do I need to do to get a boost of oxytocin? Laughing, hugging, and walking in nature and that dimming of light, which is why I love twilight walks so much at the end of the day, it calms my cortisol. And when my, and, and therefore helps clear my mind, because when cortisol is really high, you know, you get into that tunnel vision of stress and you lose sight of everything that's on the periphery. Um, and so, you know, calming down cortisol, calming down cortisol, 
um, means that, of course, you know, that what gets lost on the periphery comes back into your life. And uh, you can just, just think clearly again. Thinking, having a clear thought, thinking with clarity is incredibly special. It really, really is. Um, so for me, I just think about how do I get that boost of oxytocin in my life? You'll be glad to know I'm walking down a hill now, hence why I'm not sort of breathing as heavy. When was the last time I challenged myself to try something new or different? Uh, all the time. I'm a big believer of moving, getting myself out of my comfort zone. I have to, you know, when I've had a bit of, um, you know, not being very well, um, sort of during the course of the last two years, I've, my, my, I've had to change what would be moving out of my comfort zone for sure. But I think, you know, I think it's very, very important to always move yourself out of your comfort zone. I think recently I've been trying to think about, you know, getting a new hobby and I don't know what that is. Um, but, you know, when I do, I'm going to kind of sign up for a course. And, you know, even if I don't want to do something, I'm a big believer of just do it. Don't overthink it, just do it. The more you have time to overthink it, the more you're going to talk yourself out of it. When was the last time I cried? Oh my God, I've done a lot of that recently, actually. <laughs> I really have. I really, really have. Um, I think again, because uh, not, not feeling that well um, due to just a couple of health reasons, but you know, feeling much, much better now. But also I kind of went through a transition uh, recently in my life. I went through a, I went through a divorce. Um, I've got two beautiful little girls. Um, it, you know, we're all on great terms, which is fantastic. Um, every, everyone involved in that, you know, which has been, you know, I feel very proud of, I feel very proud of everybody involved, you know, within that process. And I think, but I think again, it's kind of been a transition in my life where everything feels very, very new. Of course, there is some loss attached to that because I'm moving into a new space. And, and also sometimes I don't know <laughs> what's ahead of me when it's a bit uncertain. But again, I think as, I, as I've always been someone who's been able to cry, but also I think lately um, I felt a lot more moved. And I think having children for me has definitely stirred. It's, it's actually opened my soul, opened my heart a lot more, of course, you know, in the way that kids can do. And I think as a result of that, if I'm watching something on the TV, I, I'm very, very easily moved. I saw sing two with my kids the other day and was like in buckets of tears. I was going, what is going on? Only because I was listening to, uh, you know, it's got a few U2 songs in there. <laughs> and I love, I love U2, so I love a few songs, but really hit me, really affected me uh, in such a positive way. <laughs> yeah, my kids were going, are you okay? I said, no, I'm fine, don't worry about it. I'm absolutely fine. I'm holding it together. I'm getting it together. <laughs> you know, so, so, but I think for that reason, there can be, events in your life that can just open your heart a little bit more or touch you or you can go through a transition and everybody has different transitions and we've gone through a major one as well <clears throat> and I think that can just be enough to you know kind of pull on the heartstrings a little bit more but allow us to kind of let go so yeah I'm a big fan of crying I love a good cry and I love watching a film that can make me cry sometimes just, I just need a really good cry so I I'm going to put on a film I know is going to guarantee me pouring my eyes out. What's one recent little win 
I'm happy with. Um, little wind I'm happy with. I think, I'll be honest with you, I think it's just been, I think just as a psychotherapist, getting through, working through lockdown um, has been a big win. I think managing a familial, a difficult familial situation at certain points and coming through the other side of that, um, I think these are kind of quite big wins. I think little wins for me are actually just, you know, on days I don't want to do something, like, you know, the other day I didn't want to get out for a walk and I kind of made myself go for a walk. You know, those things are everything we've spoken about before, you know, moving myself out of my comfort zone, doing something I don't necessarily want to do, but get myself out there. And when I'm doing it, I'm loving it, you know, absolutely loving it. And I come back and I feel good. And it's so important. We look at all these grand gestures of what we need to build our self-esteem. Do I need the car? Do I need the job? Do I need this? Do I need that? You know, we always look for the big things, but the little wins are the things that we need to do more regularly on a daily basis. And it's this, definitely, that kind of um, works or builds your self-esteem much, much more effectively. Um, so I think those things for me, those little wins for me, getting myself to do something I don't really want to do, you know? Uh, but it's almost like I'm my, I've got my own inner parent grab my inner child and, you know, dragging myself out and I'm kicking and screaming, going, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And then when I'm doing it, I'm like, actually, this is pretty good. And, you know, it's, uh, you're in the zone. What's the biggest life lesson I've learnt in the last year? <clears throat> I think it's all too easy to be mean. I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about what I've witnessed around me. I've seen more and more people not take accountability for things that have happened for them and used other people as, as punch bags or not being thoughtful. Um, and manners, you know, again, manners for me, these things of thinking of others, you know, I think manners again, is, it comes into this, you know, but being me and I think it's all too easy to, to say things because we're, we don't have the boundary. We don't kind of think, you know, how's this going to affect the other person? Words are incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful. And they can have a huge, um, they can have a positive influence on someone and a negative influence on someone. And I think it's incredibly important to choose your words carefully, but also consider when we are getting angry with someone, who's this about? What's this really about? Is this about me or is it about them? You know, I know for myself, having been bullied, very badly bullied when I was young, what it's like to be on the other side. And I still find that hard if, you know, I'm kind of either being put down by others or, you know, there's that kind of, let's say, negative, negative, um, negative words being used um, towards me. I find that very hard. Um, and I find it really quite unnecessary as well. And I don't like being kind of almost pushed into a, a situation where I have to feel like that. I feel it's really unnecessary. So the biggest le lesson I've learned is the power of words, the power of words, the choice of words, but taking accountability um, for your own, or your anger, your sadness, this and that, and, and, and don't respond instantly, really think about it. What is this about? You know, do I have to take ownership over this? And I, I'm the same, I can be very reactionary. I have to sit back and kind of think, 
before I react, you know, let, let's think about what, what is this really about and uh, try and bring it back to me first and foremostly. Last question coming up. Okay, complete the following sentences. Being healthy is... Being healthy is making sure that you prioritize your, your psychological health, your physiological health, your spiritual health above and beyond anything else. Um, we often put our work and everything else before that. But if, if those things are not looked after, if we don't know how to meet our needs, everything else is going to, you know, go down like, a, like, a, like dominoes, you know. And it can happen very quickly. So being healthy is creating boundaries to keep on prioritising and maintaining what we need for our physical, physiological, um, psychological and spiritual health. They work together as a team. You know, you can't do one without the other. One connects with the other, you know, for sure. I'm most me when I'm out walking. I am. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm someone that I need downtime. I need uh, my own kind of space. Um, that's kind of no, no one chatting to me. Uh, just kind of listening to uh, the wind going through the trees. Um, just having that quietness at night, watching the sun go down even at night watching the moon. I mean, all, all of that kind of stuff, I feel completely connected, completely at home um, and completely me. The best thing about my walk today has been answering these questions. <laughs> it's great, you know? Um, it's kind of really made me think about why I love walking so much, you know? And also um, just again, taking that time, again, out of my day, uh, where I had a really busy day today, and I thought, oh, you know, I could do this tomorrow maybe. And I thought, no, 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 no. Going to do it today, you know. So I think, again, everything I've said about sometimes what our brain tells us to do is not the thing that we actually need to do. So I think I'm out. I'm looking at these huge trees right now in a beautiful park. It's a little bandstand. There's a little river sort of running down uh, the park here. And lots of palm trees in Ventnor. Um, it's, it's quite warm. We have a microclimate here, so it's very, very special. And it's a park where you could just walk all the way around it. It's very peaceful, it's very nice. You can just hear the birds sing in the background. You might be able to hear that. And it's really, really quite lovely. And it's been lovely, you know, kind of just, you know, opening up, talking about some things that have meant a lot to me in my life, things that I've been through. Reflecting, it's been a wonderful thing um, to do today on the back of answering these questions. And yeah, can't say, Anything more about that? Just uh, uh, thanks to thanks to all that's asked me to do um, this podcast. It's been it's been really really thought provoking, and uh, I've loved every single minute of it. Jonathan's walk overlooking the ocean sounded so refreshing, and if you're in the mood to get out and blow away the cobwebs, our sponsor has a great selection of footwear for you to choose from. So before we get into Jonathan's answers. Let's take a moment to hear from Sketchers. Walk to Wellbeing is proudly sponsored by Sketchers, the comfort technology company. Put a spring in your step with Sketchers' range of comfort-boosting shoes, featuring the very latest walking technology. The new, lightweight, high-flex, arch-fit range is designed to take great care of your feet, 
wherever your walk to wellbeing may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing ArchFit cushioning insole, which provides complete foot and arch support. And now you can add Sketches apparel to your walking wardrobe for ultimate all-day comfort. Shop the range online at sketchers.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S dot co dot UK, where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots, trainers, jackets, tops, leggings, activewear, and more to bring you and your family's style and support with every step. How lovely was it listening to Jonathan describe the light dimming and bouncing off the trees for that all-important oxytocin boost? So I can't wait to hear what the team have to say about his walk today. So this week, I'm bringing back Laura and Cami from the health and wellbeing team, plus our newest member of the podcast, Ray. Laura, what did you think about Jonathan's walk today? Oh, I thought he was lovely. He just, I loved the way he was so open and honest and he seemed like he was really enjoying himself. He's so passionate about walking and the benefits of walking. Um, Yeah, he shared a lot of um, quite personal things as well, you know, like when he was talking about burnout and Hmm. touched on his divorce and, and, you know, when he last cried and... um, he made me, he's given me a bit of a heads up though about Sing too, because I'm planning on seeing that with my kids um, next week. And uh, <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't expecting it to be so emotional. So yeah, no, I'm glad I've got the heads up on that. But yeah, I thought um, it was lovely. What, what did you think, Ray? Yeah, I really loved listening to him describe the the surroundings of his walk. Like um, I think for me, whenever I'm on a walk and, and I can see the ocean, it's extra special um extra inspirational I guess um and yeah I really appreciated his openness um when he was speaking about crying because I'm also I also love to cry (laughs) I'm a big crier as well um (laughs) yeah I just think it's so good like and in my experience like I would often feel like if I was really upset or crying a lot that it was a really bad thing um but actually, yeah, the way that he was describing it, that it's, it feels good to to just have that kind of emotion and to release it. Um, and I do actually think that having your emotions at that kind of, or having a good relationship with your emotions actually helps you to have a better connection with nature when you're out and about, because you've got more of a sense of um, openness to receiving the benefits of being in nature I think what about you Cami what did you think yes I um I agree with uh, both uh, Laura and Ray in that um, it was really nice to hear from someone who's so in touch with his with his own vulnerability and and able to speak about that with us I thought it was a real privilege to um sort of be listening in to someone quite so comfortable in his uh his own space and I I suppose there were a couple of uh, things for me um one of the ones I really wanted to speak about was the way he spoke about uh, what obviously is going to be a very painful uh, loss and transition, but I really admired the pride with which he spoke about his divorce and mm-hmm. that actually everybody everybody had contributed to that situation in such a way as he was actually able to take away pride um, for everybody. And I just thought that was such a beautiful and very rare thing to hear. It was just uh, absolutely uh, delightful. Um, yeah, and of course, listening to him out in the in the open just almost made me want to sort of pack up and go for a walk myself. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, Holly, how about for you? Anything feel particularly like it was um, something you took away? Um, I actually thought the same as you, Cammy. I thought um, that 
being proud of his family going through that transitional time um and I think that that's really important to be able to recognize and acknowledge that when you've gone through a loss as a family um it was actually making me think of my own family and um so in 2020 we lost um, my mum and my dad my sister and I will often message each other now and say how proud we are of each other Mm -hmm. various bits and pieces that we've done or we're working through or um just little things that I don't know might not have come easily before and that we're navigating together so I thought that was a um I thought that was a really important message that he was saying Mm -hmm. that, that he's come away from that thinking he's really proud of his family and how they've negotiated that transitional period Mm, definitely and I think um he sound he seemed like he was quite open with his daughters as well like he you know I know he was talking about it was just a film but he was um sort of crying in front of them and I and I makes me wonder whether he is probably quite open with them with the bigger things as well and the more serious things and I think that's really healthy isn't it to to sort of to acknowledge when things aren't always so good and you know you even adults or parents um can get upset and you know not perfect all the time so yeah definitely it's nice to show that to to your kids like at any age I think I um I really liked what he said um at that same part when he was saying about taking accountability um like for yourself and and your own process like like whatever it is that you're processing at the time. Um, and I think that's really important to learn, especially like to share with his family um, because it sort of, even when things are not so plain sailing or if things are going, uh, yeah, if you're like struggling with something or if um, if you're feeling a lot of, like a lot of emotion or something like that, that you can, look at it and kind of ask yourself what is this trying to teach me or like even if you have like a a conflict with someone or somebody like uh grind your gears um you can sort of look to them and think okay what what are they trying to teach me or what can I learn from this moment rather rather than like letting it get you down or like defeat you and then that gives you such a better sense of perspective afterwards because yeah you're left with a sense of pride that you that you overcame that thing or you handled that thing with with uh ease and grace yeah i actually really liked what he was saying about the um emotional backlog and comparing the walk to a two week holiday i'd never heard of that before and actually i thought um that was really interesting where he said the first 30 minutes are like that first week of your annual leave um and you're just kind of decompressing and then that second half an hour is like the second week where you can fully relax and um process it and I was thinking actually I had that um last week where um I had had a bit of a stressful situation and gone out on a a walk and the first half an hour was just me decompressing it to my husband um and talking non-stop about what had happened and then the second half an hour on the way back it was all gone and we were talking about something completely different or you know taking in the, our surroundings um so yeah I was thinking I hadn't actually heard anyone describe it like that before but I could definitely t- relate to what he was saying yeah and it's really nice isn't it when we 
when we hear something that actually allows us to connect in with thinking about processing our emotions or um, decompressing or whatever it is in a slightly different way that allows us to go, oh, yeah, maybe that is what I am uh, doing. And the, how very important it is to, if you like, unpack it all, the, the more immediately we can do that, the easier it is to process those emotions. We've not stuffed them away in a suitcase and locked the door and pretended they're not there. There's a greater ease when we're able to just take ourselves off on a walk, um, get all of that stuff off our chest, unload it in whatever way we need, whether that's a, a chat with a, a husband, partner, friend, or whether my favorite, we just have a rant to ourselves. You guys all know that I'm slightly insane that way and just sort of go and just rant it out, uh, <laughs> sending it off into the distance. But from there, once we've released that energy, that's what allows us to then be a little bit more graceful in terms of thinking about, right, what do I want to do now? Um, that's how I feel. How do I want to act? What do I need to do next? So I think it's just lovely hearing how someone else does that. Absolutely. It was interesting as well when he was saying about um, silence, you know, sometimes like when he switches off, obviously switching off from your phone and sort of tech and social media, but also switching off from other people and other noise um, and just kind of having his own quiet time on, on the walks as well. Um, I can definitely relate to that. Um, but I, I'm interested to know more about your um, rants to yourself, Kenny. So do you, like, is that a good thing? Oh, oh yeah. Do you actually um, talk while you're doing it? Or is it just in your head? No, no, it's definitely not in my head. <laughs> um, so what? For the longest time, actually, since I was very young, um, I first recall doing this when I was probably in my early teens, and I used to walk the dogs. We, we had two dogs at the time, so I'd take them around a field. Uh, fields here are going to be a common feature because uh, everywhere I've lived, pretty much we've lived near open fields, so I've had spaces I could go where no one else would be around. And I would just talk out loud. It's almost like a stream of consciousness. I should probably have recorded it and um, published it by now, but hey-ho, I have not. <laughs> um, so um, <laughs> it's it's just my way of accessing what's in my head, um, what I'm thinking, how I feel, especially um, when I'm feeling upset or angry. Um, I'm not a person who finds it very easy to express how she feels to other people. Uh, and so therefore, and especially around negative emotions, which I learned fairly early on, we're not supposed to have. So therefore feeling them was like, oh dear, what am I supposed to do with these? So I think it was just a coping mechanism uh, that somehow landed and I've done it ever since. So um, yes, my neighbors probably think I'm insane, but it is a fairly typical thing for me to do to go out, walk my dogs. And I will just <laughs> chat through how I'm feeling, what's going on. Sometimes I use it for uh, planning workshops, stuff like that. So I'm just trying to get my thoughts clear. And it wasn't for years um, that I realized eventually, or I found out, I can't even remember how, that actually there is a big difference thinking something and saying what you're thinking out loud. And it's something about as you hear what you are saying, you are processing that information in a different way than when it rattles around your head on a sort of endless echo chamber loop. And therefore, you might very well hear yourself saying something and go, oh my goodness, I hadn't realized it was that mm. bad. And of course, that's why a lot of the talking therapies are so effective, because effectively, we are talking to somebody else who then uh, responds to that for us. So yes, Laura, those are my rants. I'm ashamed to say that the good people of Kirimua now probably have noticed that weird woman um, <laughs> who finds strange places and then chats away to herself. I'm hoping they think I'm on the phone. I mean, it's been brilliant, all these people just talking on the phone. Um, but yes, that's me. <laughs> 
Oh, I think it is. It's great. I'm going to try that actually because <laughs> I've I've tried like um, stream of consciousness writing before, you know, mm. and I've, and that's really helpful sometimes for just you know when your head's just so full of stuff and you kind of don't yeah you're going around the same old things again. But I've never thought of doing it, at, you know, actually sort of talking. But I can see that that would be really good actually. And um, I live near some big fields, and I love that you know sort of hopefully no one <laughs> I can see like no one will be around but um I'm definitely going to give that a go <laughs> that could be my takeaway from this today but I think there's something also about um about the openness you know like you're saying by by the fields and you kind of feel that almost your worries and these little things going on in your head are, are, can be sort of insignificant in the grand scheme of things you get that perspective which is what Jonathan was talking about at the start as well wasn't he like being by by the sea and climbing to a a hilltop or something like that it does I think it just reminds you that you know there's this big wide world out there and it's so easy to get bogged down in in the little stresses of day-to-day isn't it absolutely so what's everyone's favorite place to be for perspective oh beach I think yeah, beach definitely. There's just that thing about the sea or the ocean that you can, you know, it's just that nothingness as far as the eye can see, and um, yeah, just feeling like there's a world of possibility out there. Yeah, I'm the same. I I love water as well. So uh, whenever I'm at the ocean, or um, even though like rivers, uh, there's a beautiful river near where I live, um, and actually. I thought of this um, when we were listening to Jonathan that um, even though it's the same walk that you're taking every day or like several times per week, um, you could think that maybe that would get a bit monotonous or boring just walking the same trail. Um, But one thing that I really love is noticing like the seasons as they start to change. Like it's one of like recently I've noticed the birds are back and you can hear bird song again and it's like been months since I heard birds <laughs> singing or well since we all heard birds singing I guess um <laughs> and I didn't realize how much I missed it mm-hmm. until you start to hear it again out on a walk um yeah there's I love that especially the uh the change from winter into spring it's just such a beautiful uh transition and yeah, you notice that even on the same walk every day, you still you can still kind of ground in and um, become mindful to pick up on on what's around you. It's so simple as well, like the like what what he was saying around like uh, your cortisol levels and what you need in order to nourish your nervous system. Um, actually, those practices are, are so simple. Just going into the forest or. Um, I know that uh, like barefoot walking in the forest is meant to be really nourishing because feeling the earth on your on your bare feet um, is really grounding. Um, so yeah, it's like super simple things, which is just so beautiful that you can get so much out of it. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting what he was saying about the um, the light and how that um, has a direct impact on your uh, cortisol levels and stuff. Like he he was very he spoke a lot about twilight didn't he He really liked that walking at the end of the day and feeling his sort of troubles kind of melt away as the sunset and I I like that idea it's not something that I'd thought of before or realized um 
and the light when you're walking in a forest as well like I've always enjoyed walking in forests and you know it it's true you do notice the trees and the details and and stuff but I didn't realize exactly why but I guess it is because the sunlight's kind of diffused isn't it and you get a different sense of perspective I suppose yeah you definitely feel very held I think in in forests just the energy just feels very grounding and maybe it's like all the roots underneath the earth underneath you and then the tree trunks all around you it's just very um yeah relaxing and safe Mm. on a different note completely different (laughs) I really liked what he said about um not having a problem with selfishness and you know selfishness is self-care and and stuff he was so passionate about that and adamant and it's not some it's not a way that it's something that I'm working on getting used to more is realizing that you know you need to look after yourself and put yourself first in order to get those other things right in your life that you're trying to put above yourself um but yeah I really liked his his take on that I thought that was really interesting I don't know if it's um I don't know why why do we what it why do we feel like that that you know taking time for ourselves and and sort of prioritizing our needs is is bad you know why do we feel guilty it's it's weird isn't it's it such an interesting question isn't it Laura where on earth did that come from <laughs> and yet how present is it um you know yes <laughs> oh genuinely I think one of the most frequent things um that I support people with is is learning how to um rebalance learning that yes looking after themselves isn't the same as being selfish um, because it just seems to be part of our lexicon that it is um, and therefore it is a big, big problem um, and such a paradox that actually the, the only way we can be there for anyone else is if we've been there enough for ourselves. Uh, otherwise, we're going to run short of energy. We're, we're going to burn out. We're not going to have all of the things that we need to allow us to be our, our best, which of course is when we're most able to be there for other folks. But I agree, it's a really good question. Wish I knew the answer. Yeah, we've had, um, we've had a lot of guests now that have rebranded the word selfish. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of taps into what Jonathan was saying about words being incredibly powerful um, Mm. and consider when we're choosing our words and what might be behind them um, and taking accountability for your emotions um, and also um, links into what he was saying about prioritizing your mind, body and spirit and how they work together as a team. Yeah, I think for me, I I understand these things and like I'm familiar or I'm familiar with these ideas and I know that like it's not selfish to take care of yourself and like like in an airplane how they say that you have to put on your own oxygen mask before helping anybody else like I totally get it but actually putting it into practice is a whole other story like you can you can understand it and like talk about it and read about it and agree with it but I think actually putting these things into practice like having boundaries with with other people and with yourself to say like like carving out time for yourself and actually showing up to do the work yeah that's that's much more challenging than it is to just kind of agree with the the idea of it yeah maybe we need to start off with the smaller things um first you know because if you think of it 
as in a, this whole thing, you know, it can seem too much to try and shift your whole perspective and, you know, make sure you're always putting yourself first, but maybe just the, the little things daily, like like taking the time to go for a walk for yourself or, you know, those sort of daily self-care practices. Because um, he was saying about how the the little wins are so much more important than, than the big things when it comes to um, building your self-esteem. And that I thought was really clever because you kind of, you do think of these you know, grand gestures or these, you know, you have to change everything all at once. But actually, it's just that sort of like a piecemeal basis. And, and that can have the, the most impact. And I think um, that's probably going to be my takeaway for today, actually, Laura, is um, those little wins, um, maybe being something that you might not want to do, like, or the the thought of them might not be something that you want to do, but then forcing yourself to do them and then nine times out of ten you actually really enjoy them when you're when you're doing them and I've got something um this evening that this morning when I woke up and was tired I was like oh no (laughs) I don't want to go out this evening um but actually I'm gonna make myself go and I'm probably gonna have a great time once I'm there so that's gonna be my my takeaway today what about you Cammie? In the same theme I think uh, my takeaway is definitely uh that value the the baby steps um and especially when you don't want to do it but you make yourself do it anyway um certainly one of my biggest learnings in life has been don't want to do it but do it anyway and the excitement that comes with realizing that actually you don't need to want to do it you could do it anyway and what that means um completely changed my world so yes definitely a nice reminder of how powerful that can be baby step by baby step how about for you ray i think my biggest takeaway is that how powerful simple practices can be like just by um showing up and taking carving out a little bit of time for yourself um can really shift your perspective and yeah change your whole outlook for the day or for the rest of the week maybe what about for you Laura yeah on that note I think just being comfortable with being a bit more selfish and doing those things um you know on a daily basis um but just for me so yeah, that's definitely a big takeaway from today. And and also not forgetting Cammy's uh, walking rants tip. Um, that's going to be a big one for me. I'm definitely going to try that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let us know how you get on. <laughs> and if you're like Jonathan and feel most yourself out on your walks as well, why not take at least 30 minutes to decompress from your day? But I love chatting to you all today. So a huge thanks from me to you, Ray, Laura and Cammy, And of course, to our vulnerable and honest guest, Jonathan Hoban. Most important of all though, thanks so much to you for listening. If this is the first time you've joined us, there are plenty more episodes you can subscribe to and download. But if you've been with us from the beginning, thank you so much for coming with us and our fabulous guests on their walks to wellbeing. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive health and wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to giftstoyou.com forward slash apod2, that's A-P-O-D and the number two, to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door too. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. 
Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag walk to wellbeing. And you can even download exactly the same list of questions you heard our guest chat through earlier in the episode. You could record your very own walk to wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.